Hey everybody, welcome back to Signal Flow by Avixa. You know, one of the things that we've seen post-pandemic is a massive, massive increase in video usage, not only uh, on things like video conferencing, but also broadcasting and streaming and video distribution with things like NDI. And it's caused a little bit of confusion, especially as we have uh, still a little bit of a chasm between the IT and the AV communities. And, you know, it's very, very important to address a lot of those uh, challenges and conversations, especially as we continue to increase things like bandwidth uh, resolution and really the demand on our on our network infrastructure uh, for a lot of these technologies and requirements for a video standpoint. And I said, look, you know, there's there's not too many people out there doing the great work that that this next uh, guest that I've got on is. So I said, we got to get him on the show. Uh, and that's George Herbert from Epifan Video. George, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. You know, Georgia, I, I kind of listed out a few of the reasons why earlier, but as somebody who really has seen firsthand coming more from the broadcast side and the streaming side, you know, the demand in video, not only quality, not only, uh, you know, <laughs> number of users and things like that, but the demand is is just crazy high right now, right? And But yeah. in your opinion, what are some of the things maybe outside of the traditional realm that are driving a lot of that? Well, it's funny, you know, here at Epifan, we kind of have a little bit of a, of a mantra, you know, a brand objective, if you will, uh, this idea of broadcast without barriers, right? Like our goal in everything that we do is we want to try to help tear down some of those traditional barriers that have made broadcast difficult in some ways and make sure that everybody in all markets at all levels has access to really high quality video and audio for whatever it is that they need to do. Well, it turns out when you set out to accomplish that mission, you turn over a lot of stones and you find a lot of different things and you encounter a lot of different scenarios. And obviously the pandemic, you know, everyone's very familiar with how crazy everything went right off the top. But the funny thing is, is that it hasn't stopped and it hasn't slowed down. It continues to grow even as we're coming out of the pandemic. And some recent polls I saw from, from some, uh, some very recent trade shows and, and industry conferences showed exactly you know what people are still trying to do and they're really narrowing their focus on certain things and and really streamlining continuing to increase what they're doing and people are still figuring it out right we're, we're three years in past you know everything needing to pivot and people are still figuring it out which is amazing to me uh, because some people did it right out of the gate really easily uh and and of course there's still still some struggles but to your point, Ben, AV, IT, all these things, you know, they traditionally have been in conflict with each other. That makes things hard. And it's funny because pre-pandemic, I guess it was around 2018, I was at a conference in, in Sweden and the head of Crestron Europe did a keynote talk and walked up there and his whole presentation was, IT is dead. <laughs> and his point actually was, after everyone gasped and wanted to yell and get the torches and pitchforks out. His point was the line between AV and IT is so blurred now because of the technology we have to use. We probably should stop using these terms because they mean the same thing now because we're trying to accomplish these. Everything's together. And I think that's kind of your point a little bit, right? In terms of like, well, what do we do if we're still in a situation where there's conflict between these groups? Because they have to work in harmony. There, there's no option anymore. Um, and I hear from customers every day saying, oh, I really want to do this, but I, you know, I'm going to have to go beg and see if I can get the IT guys on side. And that's hard. 
that's really hard because they're scared. They don't know these technologies. They don't know the impact it's going to have on all of their hard work and what they do day to day. So making sure that people understand you know, what all these things mean and why we need them and, and where they might fit or where they might not fit and what might be required to make them run optimally, I think is, is still what, what we're all trying to achieve. Well, one of the ultimate battles that, that we face as we continue to merge these communities is, is that tribal knowledge, right? When you look at historically the, what I'll call the AV operator side, um, they have had historically, I'm not saying everybody, but historically <laughs> have had a little bit lesser uh, understanding of maybe some of the backend requirements, especially as we move to the network side, right? I'm less Absolutely. talking about like the SDI infrastructure and things like that, because obviously that that is very very part of the broadcast system. But as we move into technologies where, you know, we're talking about 2110 and NDI and really those becoming massively prevalent, mm -hmm. those now require a network infrastructure, in some cases, an infrastructure that may already exist, but an infrastructure that that has to loop in the IT and the security team and, and things like that, where, where those conversations now have to happen and they don't happen in a vacuum a lot of times, but talk about, you know, specifically kind of through that lens of maybe NDI in 2110, you know, what are some of the things that we can do a better job of as the quote unquote historical AV community, maybe when, when communicating some of those challenges and needs to the IT side? Well, I think whenever you're trying to pitch another team on anything, and it's not necessarily AV versus IT, it's really anything, right? We've got to we have to justify and make people understand why we want to adopt what we're trying to adopt. And NDI is a, a great example, I think, because it's a wonderful technology and it can do so much and it can really ease a lot of pain for the AV team, <laughs> but it can cause a lot of pain for the IT team. And if they don't understand really what the benefits are, or why it's needed, or the requirements to really do it, uh, then we end up in that conflict. And, and so I think making sure that the AV side can articulate what it is that they're trying to accomplish and what it ultimately will solve um, is important. Um, you know, and, and of course, NDI was, from its inception, really designed to replace all of that, you know, spider's web of SDI stuff running everywhere, which works and the IT guys never have to worry about it, which is why they like it. <laughs> but it's, 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 you know, and to some degree, not the best way to do things anymore today. As things get more geographically distributed, and I use the word geographic because sometimes that's just a large campus or a large building. Sometimes it's global, right? Our workforce is now very much global. It's everywhere. And we have to interlink these different places. And there's different technologies that are going to let us do that. So we have to look at that and make sure, you know, we're, we're putting the pitch together properly. For us at Epifan, our hardware encoders like our Pearl 2 kind of operate at the hub with many spokes coming off of some of these technologies, right? Cord ones with AV like SDI and HDMI, but also NDI, SRT, and all these other technologies that are really picking up huge amounts of momentum at the moment. And so we're kind of literally physically in the middle. And, and because of that, we end up talking to both sides. So for us, we also wanted to make sure our products are going to make the IT guys happy and give them as many checkboxes on their list as it can. Things like, you know, let's make sure our products can integrate with 
a domain if that's necessary. Let's make sure that it'll authenticate with 8021X if that's on their requirement list. And those are things you don't always see in traditional AV products. And of course, that makes the IT guys panic. So we got to make sure that we're selecting the right products. And that's not just Epifan, that, but that's just a global <laughs> term, but the right products that are going to make both teams happy. Ultimately, when we introduce product, you know, technologies like NDI or 2110, like you said, you know, we're talking about a really heavy impact on the network. And that's definitely going to make the IT guys panic. And so making sure that we can support them by saying, listen, yeah, it very likely means we might have to have an entirely separated in network infrastructure for these technologies. That's that's just how it is. Um, and if that you know, if we can make them feel at ease by saying, listen, let's just separate it so you have to worry about it less. So it's not congesting the rest of it. It's not impacting the rest of it. Um, you know, I think that that's important. That's certainly what we've done in our own studios, in, in our offices, is make sure that at the very least, anything that happens within our studio environment is at least on a separate VLAN, if not on a completely separate physical network. Um you know, we carve out sections of bandwidth for making sure that we have live streaming space that's not going to impact what other people are doing and vice versa. And I think those start to the beginnings of the conversation, maybe. <laughs> well, no, I love that you bring that up, too, because it really leads me into the, the next point, right, which is a little bit more of the practical application side. It's, it's very easy to talk at a high level about, yeah. yeah, we've got to do more collaboration and, OK, there's a lot of needs from the network. But really kind of digging into that that nitty gritty, right, whether it's a separate network switch, whether it's a separate network altogether. But mm -hmm. then you start to have to worry about things like redundancy and, uh, you know, is this is this truly a no fail broadcast? Is this right. mission critical? OK, what does that actually mean? What redundancies do we have to have in place? And that's where a lot of the collaboration really has to happen. Right. Especially Absolutely. as you start to. I, I almost hate to call it this, but especially as you start to have conversations about BYOD, right? I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> mean it like that, but you know, more specifically about maybe devices kind of like you mentioned that historically haven't been uh on the network, whether it's cameras, right. whether it's PTZs, you know, I don't I don't necessarily mean like bringing your iPhone into the the situation, which sure right. obviously there's applications for that, but maybe introducing devices that historically have not been uh, on the network, now you're having mm. to deal with those, right? And that falls into IT's world of device management, IP management, subnets, yeah. DHCP access, things like that. You know, what are some of the best practices that you've seen, especially from that device management side, where you could bring those onto the network in a safe and secure way? Well, I think for me anyways, and this is a bit of a personal opinion, I suppose, but for me, I actually do think that having completely separated networks is actually, in my opinion, one of the best practices. And that's that's only because I've seen people share it, right? And it just, the, the last thing you need is, oh, someone suddenly brought on five NDI cameras and it just completely brings the network down. And then now you have not just AV and IT trying to battle it out, but now you have sales and marketing and admin and everybody and logistics all screaming at you because the network's down, right? And then it's total chaos. Um, so making sure that that we can protect that and it works uh, is, is critical. There's obviously several ways to do that. And like I said, you know, we can do things like maybe a smaller switch in just that AV portion still ties into the larger network, 
but maybe it is just on a separate VLAN, right? So we can protect it, we can control it, we can give it some rules and boundaries, um, but also make sure that it has its own rules and boundaries protection from everything else that's happening. Um, that can be important. Um, bandwidth is huge. And in that, whether it's local or external, bandwidth is everything when we start talking about these current technologies. You know, there was a, a stat that we pulled, I think it was from 2019, something like, you know, 55% of enterprise companies, you know, use video in some form for internal and external communications, right? Which is a great stat, sounds awesome. To me, my reaction is, okay, but that means there's like 45% that aren't and probably should be. Uh, <laughs> because let's be honest, it doesn't matter what business you're in, everybody's using or should be using video and probably more than they currently do. Um, if you have a product to sell, you should probably be doing video webinars, podcasts, product marketing videos, just getting the word and, and, and everything out there. And video is the best way to communicate that. So that's the beginning part is justify, say, okay, listen, we do this, it's going to result in X sales. And if we can do it ourselves, it's going to save us a bundle of money over hiring externally to do it. So let's do it in-house. But the next layer to that is we need IT's help to make sure it's going to work properly. And, and like you said, DHCP makes things really easy, but, you know, I've known plenty of old school IT guys that think that's a dirty word. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those funny things where, you know, we need to decide what's going to work best internally. And, and again, coming back to it, my opinion is sometimes the easiest way to do that, the, the lowest friction way of doing that is saying, okay, here's your own network. And I actually tend to agree with that too. It's not always the most popular answer, but it, it tends to be uh, a really nice compromise, right? Because and it's not always the cheapest answer. It's well, certainly not, certainly not, right? But but one of the things too is, and I, and I want to separate pretty clearly the line between what I'll call distributed video and broadcast systems, and maybe uh, systems that have one or two conference rooms, things like that, yeah. you know, that that's not really something that you would necessarily need, a, a, a your own network right. infrastructure for, because a lot of times your network is designed to handle that, right? You do obviously have yeah. more, uh, video conferencing, things like that happening, but a lot of that is done in the cloud, right? And that is exactly. not on-prem, uh, sucking your resources. Now, sometimes it is, that's fine, but we're kind of, speaking a little bit more towards the the high bandwidth the you know especially yeah. when you talk about 2110 uh the yeah. very very high bitrate video quality the distribution the streaming the redundancies things like that where there's a, it's i hate to even say the word broadcast right but it's a little bit more on the broadcast yeah. and outward facing side of it and you know that's a that's a battle that we've had internally before too where you know it's it's the IT infrastructure historically has been designed to um fail over to itself, right? Where right. there hasn't been necessarily a, everything is mission critical, right? But in the broadcast world, you really are most times talking about mission critical. So the failover has to be instantaneous instead of I've got to go reboot the network switch, right? And those exactly. are some of the things I think that are important to consider too. But, you know, as we're talking about maybe some of the things that that we can do a better job of as an AV community, communicating, uh, uh, communicating to the IT team, you know, what are some of those other pain points that you're seeing, whether it's device management, whether it's uh, firewall access, whether it's, you know, uh, just general, <laughs> what are some of those, what are some of those pain points that you're seeing right now, maybe that we haven't touched on quite yet? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, coming back to it, I do think it always starts with a little bit of, you know, time at the negotiating table and making sure both sides understand their pain points, right? And so we've talked about some of the AV stuff. From the IT side, you're, you're absolutely right. They're, they're under huge pressure to make sure everything is working and running all the time. Otherwise, they have the whole company yelling at them. So from their side, you know, they're also dealing with security issues, which we all know is a <laughs> really big expletive deal these days. Right? Like this is, it's really serious. You just have to look around at how many ransomware attacks and all these other things that are happening to companies on, on, on a daily basis at this point. So they have to take things really, really, really seriously. And that means they're going to scrutinize everything justifiably. Um, so we can't just, you know, expect them to do and bend to everything we ask. Um, we, we have to find that, that, that happy middle ground and the tough parts. So you mentioned firewalls, that's probably one of the biggest ones and making sure that, you know, in, in, in my experience, one of the most common ones I run into is, you know, super restrictive firewalls that basically let nothing in or out. But realistically, when we're talking about what we need from an AV side, very often when we encounter a firewall problem, all we're trying to do is send things out. And that's not necessarily a, a major security risk. And so trying to articulate that and make sure, listen, guys, I'm not trying to bring anything in necessarily. I'm just trying to put it out. Um, that can that can obviously help. Um, and part of that is traditionally AV misunderstands what networking does uh, and how it functions, especially at a firewall level. Um, but again, it could be maybe important coming back to it again, not to not to beat on it too much, but having separate networks, or in some cases, I've seen companies go with entirely separate internet connections, um, just completely separate, nothing shared between them, just in case. Uh, and that's, you know, that's maybe the ultimate level of security. You mentioned failover. Failover is huge. Um, and there's a ton of obviously cellular failover technologies these days. You know, our, our hard lines are, are super important, but they can go down. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in Ottawa, Canada here. And for those who may or may not know, earlier in the year, back in the spring, one of the three major internet providers in Canada, their entire national network went down um, for, for nearly 24 hours. And if you're a business that was running on that network, you lost an entire day of business because you couldn't do anything. And it wasn't just their hard lines, their cell network went down as well. So if you, <laughs> you had nothing. So if we're talking about redundancies and, and making sure we have backup plans, we also need to make sure we have a little bit of diversity, right? Because if, if that were to happen, let's just say in the US, if AT&T were to go down, right? And, and you happen to use their hard line, their fiber and their cell service, and it all goes down, <laughs> then you're in trouble. So making sure there's, when we talk about failover and protections that we're using actual redundancies, which usually means multi-sourced uh, connectivity, but then it comes locally too. Make sure we have redundancy locally. We have redundant routers, redundant switches, um, redundant staff sometimes <laughs> that can pick up the pieces if someone's not available. Uh, all that comes into play, I think. Um, but again, coming back to it a little bit, making sure that both sides understand what we're actually trying to accomplish, right? And I think 
you mentioned twenty one tens. You know that that's definitely crazy on the network. NDIs may be a better example and a little more palatable for people to take. But even then, even if we want to push a lot of full HD on full NDI, right? We're talking about one hundred and twenty plus meg per connection. It's a huge amount of data. We're well beyond anything about people checking email or, or even conferencing. You're right. Conferencing is nothing to most networks these days. It's compressed. It's fine. Uh, but when we start talking about these lightly compressed or uncompressed, you know, AV over IP technologies, wow, yeah, it's some serious, serious considerations that have to be taken in. And to me, that again, coming back to that negotiation stage, there are alternatives that can help that. If IT comes and says, listen, there's no way that you're going to be able to run, you know, a gig worth of NDI on our network. It just, it's just not feasible. Well, then let's start to look at other technologies that still are in the broadcast realm, like an SRT that can be compressed, but is still a technology that was designed and intended for broadcast style usage. It can be encrypted, which can give us security if we need to go outside the network and all these things. So there's all the technologies we could ever want to solve the problems exist. We just have to make sure we're choosing the right ones for the right situation. And I think collaborating to make sure that we choose those is, is important. Well, George, you make it sound so wonderfully simple, uh, <laughs> but I guarantee you people are going to have some questions, uh, and sure. I highly recommend reaching out to George and, and asking if you have some of those questions. George, what's the best way to reach out to you if someone uh, wants to ask a couple questions after watching this? Yeah, absolutely. So I have the customer success team here at Epifan Video, so you can find myself or our whole team uh, on our website at epifan.com. We have a live chat up there. You can engage with us. You can give us a call. You can drop us an email at info at epifan.com. Um, you know, we're always here to help talk about streaming and technology and all those AV things, even if it has nothing to do with Epifan products. We just love this stuff. We're all nerds and geeks about it, right? We just uh, want to dive deep and learn something new from you and hopefully learn something uh, in the other direction as well. George Herbert, Epifan Video. George, thanks so much for joining us today thanks, on Signal Flow. Thanks so much. And thank you guys for joining us as well. Be sure to watch next time.